can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Mary Hammer. And um, before we get into the episode, I do want to take a moment to let all of our fans out there know, uh, the movie Rotties, um, that <laughs> if you want to keep tabs on us between apps going up, um, there was that two week sojourn that uh, Jane took away from her responsibilities, left her dog and everything. I'd take care of it and other stuff. She was a mess. Um, but during periods like that, um, you can keep tabs on us by checking us out on Instagram, on Facebook. We're at Movies We Missed. And you can find us tweeting away over on one of the number one most known um, and mentioned uh, Twitter accounts in the Twitter sphere. That's mm. at MWM Chat. And we're mm. over there talking about all sorts of hot button issues. Jane, mm. before we got on here, actually, Jane was just texting with um, with her friend, uh, Adam uh, mm-hmm. Levine, he's at a pay phone, apparently. Um, <laughs> and so it was a three way with her and him and Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, Jane, how are you doing today? I am good. I am great. I am good. I'm feeling, um, good. good. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure, I am trying to figure out what's going on with my friend Adam. So I, I'm, I apologize if I come off as a little bit distracted, but, um, <clears throat> Everybody knows of- that the debut album, um, Songs About Jane, Maroon 5 put out, was written about none other than my lovely co-host. Exactly. And we've stayed friends. We've stayed friends, me and Adam Levine, um, throughout the process, even though sort of like relationship-wise, romantically, things broke down for us. But mm. she wrote a lot of really great love songs about me and then made a lot of money Um on those songs and I've honestly kept in his good graces so I can get a little thrown my way each whenever he thinks about me but he's going through a crisis right now so you basically sold yourself for like, <laughs> for like occasional crumbs <laughs> saying his good graces so you're not calling him out any of his toxic behavior um, everybody what, cheats baby everybody uh, cheats you know 21st, and 21st sometimes, century feminist right here guys and sometimes we don't have control of ourselves mm. when we jump into an Instagram model's Ugh. DMs A we word. say and I just want to like before like <laughs> anything comes out about me if I, I want to get ahead of it by just saying that sometimes you are so tired and mm. you are on autopilot and Oof. you're on Instagram Preach. and you're on Twitter and you're on Facebook Messenger and you're sending messages to people you don't even really know and saying things without your own permission, you know? And I think that's sort of the hot water Adam's in. That's, that makes a lot of sense. You stopped talking to him when he shot that She Will Be Love video and he used your nemesis, um, the late great Kelly Preston, instead of you. If I remember correctly, she was the lead on that one. And then you and him didn't talk for a minute. 
But it seems like maybe the money, you went where the money resides, it seems like. And Look, you threw it's a broken your way and you were like. It, and you know. I sold it and um, paid for the down payment on my house, which, you know, uh, was helpful to me. And so. Um, hey, do you, you know, do you. Yeah. You've been, you've been a busy bee, though. You were also at the Queen's funeral, weren't you? Uh, I gave a eulogy that was not aired. Um, and you know, it was, I think both, it it really teetered the line between respectful and edgy, which I think is like a very difficult thing to do, but Mm -hmm. I think I did it very well. Very well. Did you see Chucky while you were there? Uh, yeah, I slipped a couple things in his drink just to make sure he was healthy. And, um, I said hello to Camilla Parker Bowles coldly um, because oh, when I asked calling her, her by her official title. Uh, well, and I won't. I okay. won't. Okay. I, I respect her, but you know, she was a lot more receptive to um, Charles's advances than mine. And so, you know, Oh, okay. She can be bought. <laughs> The girl who would be queen, but wouldn't be a lesbian. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel you. So anyway, so what's new with you? I've obviously had a busy couple of weeks. What's what's going on with you? Um, nothing much. Just holding down the fort. Had a meeting mm-hmm. with Lightfoot earlier and told her she's not doing great. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with Chicago politics, that is the mayor of our city, Chicago. Yeah, I just point out some of the potholes and, uh, mm. you know, cracks. And then we took a look at the roads. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so speaking of laugh fests, uh, Jane, Jane gave us a interesting uh, choice for uh, movies this week. As you all know, we're in the middle of uh, deliciously spectacular um and you know we like to keep up with the times we like to keep give you what you want during the time periods when you want them we know mm-hmm. in october what you want when that octi hits we know you're gonna want those spooky movies which is by the way why we're talking about adam levine and the queen's funeral which obviously is <laughs> like a month you're gonna hear this a month afterwards this is not topical I hate but that the people, movie is topical the i hate that people topical. think that our tea is like tepid because <laughs> Because we're ahead in recording. You know what I think is really funny? I was thinking today, one of the funniest things, this is apropos to nothing also. Welcome to the podcast. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how funny it is when something happens and like somebody should stop doing the thing that they're doing to deal with it. But then they like, they like momentarily do, do something different. Like that's like, I'm going to need, I'm no, I'm going to need an example. It's like there was like a car accident and like in the street and you saw like, you know, somebody like flailing about in the street, like who mm-hmm. just like climbs out of the car and they pass out. And then like before you run over to help them, you stop to like tie your shoe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And yeah. why that's like yeah, yeah, so yeah. comedically like effective. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was thinking about the episode of Stranger with Candy when it's called Is My Daddy Dead? It's when Jerry <laughs> Blank's dad dies and she's like at a hot dog stand and he's driving up and then he gets in a car he gets in a car wreck. And then she's like, Daddy, and she runs towards him, but she keeps eating the hot dog as she's running towards him. <laughs> and I was thinking about how that's like such a like wonderful comedic trope. Like it is great. Finishing like a real like 
like like you look out the like you look out the window and like your husband's on fire and like mm-hmm. you go to run out the door but you grab your jacket first because it's kind of <laughs> cold like things like that it's like there's something about like that mixture of like it reminds the me wild circumstances yeah it reminds me of an Instagram video I saw recently that really made me fucking laugh is this woman is cooking something in her kitchen and she's there with her husband and her young kid. And all of a sudden what she's cooking on the co- the stove catches fire and the husband oh. grabs the kid and runs out of the kitchen, but then turn takes the time to turn around and close the door behind him. I have seen this one. It's awful. And her face the realization and like it's also like it's the close of the door is really like the salt in the wound because it's because it's, it's like i know it's like hell. you probably want to close the door so the fire doesn't spread but like but at what cost but like, there is a very important person left behind in your family unit but you are apparently doing you got what everything you that matters do. though which it reminded me of you when i saw it because i was like funny Brandon, don't you dare do that to me don't you dare how dare you it's also funny because <laughs> he could have just grabbed her arm and brought her with him 100 safety yeah <laughs> he literally like pushes her closer into the fire it's like <laughs> no one has to burn yeah it's and not it like you or me we all could survive this and taking the time to close the door that's longer just run yeah. <laughs> leave the door open so it doesn't make you look like the leave, worst well, leave your the wife planet. with a fighting chance my goodness <laughs> Uh, but you know them's the breaks but speaking of having to make some hard decisions about family members and who to leave behind and who to bring with you baby baby those transitions (laughs) we gotta we got a movie for you we got a movie for you Um, you clicked on it so you know what it is but we this week are have watched and are discussing 2013's the Purge. Le Purge. As Le um, Purge. any of our French uh, listeners and our Francophiles out there, shout mm-hmm. out. We see you. We hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we toast we a baguette in your we honor. Do, <laughs> we do have listeners in France. I have looked at our, um, uh, whatchamacallit, our, our data. We have some listeners in France. So I'm sure hey. they appreciate it. Le Purge. And I'm I sure know. that pronunciation is perfect. And I just got back from there. So obviously I'm doing it right. I mean, I would say that sounded like an Escar no to me, but <laughs> you bitch. Mm-hmm. How long have you been holding on to that? About five seconds. <laughs> I was gonna figure out how to use it, and I was like, Jane will make a blunder, and I'll be able to get this one out. <laughs> I'm, I'm always handing you a blunder on a silver platter, and you're welcome. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. No problem. Jane. You're, you're so great. Um, I heard that you had a little synopsis that you had written. Um, I did. I wrote a synopsis for those of you who have Oof. not watched The Purge or wanted a distillation of really what goes on. Um, I, I've got you. So um, turn up the volume. Ooh. I got I'm mine out. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I hated that laugh. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the year 2022. The dystopian nightmare we're living in can't get any worse. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and are considered disposable. Social programs barely exist, capitalism soars on ahead, and some white guy in Los Angeles gets super rich by selling home security systems that are actually 
pretty penetrable if you have the means. Even worse, that guy is Ethan Hawke. The greasy-haired philosophical dream boy from the 90s has gone full corporate and has sold out for a McMansion in the suburbs with Cersei from Game of Thrones. She's lost her charming accent and wears drab clothes and cooks dry chicken breasts for her milquetoast family while they await the end of the dreaded night. That's right. Our nuclear family, the Sandins, made up of James, Mary, Zoe, and Charlie, are 60 minutes out from the purge. A day established a few years earlier by a rising political party called the New Founding Fathers of America. The party came to power after a huge economic collapse in the United States. From my understanding, their main campaign platform was the introduction of the purge. So what exactly is it? Ah, yes. A 12-hour period once a year where all crime, including murder, is legal. It's sort of a government-sanctioned hall pass to seek revenge on whoever wronged you that year. Instead of nipping the issue in the bud when it happens, why not sit on it until purge night comes around? That allows you all the time in the world to stew in your anger and resentment and ultimately take a human being's life because of an offhanded comment they made to you at a cocktail party nine months ago. This is your ultimate rage fantasy come to life. So here we are. It's 2013's idea of 2022. Apparently, crime rates are down if you exclude purge night massacres and unemployment is less than one percent. Rich people like the Sandins are in support of the purge. They have the means to avoid the chaos altogether. So why not let the poros fight it out while they sup on whatever underseason garbage Mary makes and get ready for a night in of movies and undisturbed sleep while they're under lockdown? If only their teenage daughter Zoe wasn't such a horn dog. You see, Zoe is dating Henry and he's 18. Ethan Hawke doesn't like the idea of his daughter, a minor, dating an adult. So Henry has decided to hide in their house before lockdown to talk to Ethan Hawke about dating Zoe. At around the same time, Henry plans to reveal himself to Ethan Hawke for that talk. Charlie, the younger son, sees a man running around on the street begging for help on the security cameras. Still being young and not understanding that being wealthy means you hoard safety and resources for yourself, he quickly disarms the system to let the man in distress into their house. Chaos begins when a group of masked purgers show up at the Sandin's door and demand they release the man they just saved to them so they can kill him. If they don't comply, their backup will arrive and they'll break into the house and kill everyone inside. To add fuel to the fire, Zoe's overage boyfriend Henry chooses this moment to seek out Ethan Hawke and open fire on him despite promising Zoe that he was just there to talk to her father. A night that was looking to be a peaceful marathon of movies and popcorn has just been doused in gasoline and the Sandin children are left holding the canisters. Who will be the one to light the match and turn this night into utter turmoil? Who will survive? What kind of people will the Sandin family ultimately be revealed to be? Tune in and find out who makes it to 7 a.m. on this year's Purge. She she laid it out for you, folks. And uh, (laughs) this movie is not like subtle, really. Um, 
<laughs> it's not like it's not like you have to like I, I but I can tell that they thought they were. I can I, you tell. can tell that they they think they're subtly like shoehorning in social issues into this, but it is so clear what they're trying to say. Yeah, it's not quite. I think like what they think that they're doing. They are doing the thing that they think they're doing. They're just not doing it as subtly as they think they're doing it. Absolutely. So it's just like oh yeah, I kind of hit you over the head with it. Like there's the <laughs> moment when um. The Bloody Stranger, played by Edwin Hodge, uh, the the man who they refer to as homeless. I don't know. We don't really know that completely. He um, might be unhoused. He might but be unhoused, but he might not. It's um, never confirmed. He's wearing like um, military dog tags. So Tara and I were talking about the fact that he might be like a veteran who doesn't have a place to live or is like going through some PTSD or whatever. Then it gets even. Then it gets even deeper, and there's even more like, more. More layers to More it. More layers, layers on layers on layers. And um, yeah, so like, but it's like the only black character in the movie until the end when they sprinkle in a couple of blacks to try and balance things out. That you know, yeah. some like person was like, we need to, we need to get it a little bit, uh, a little bit spicier. I think I know how we can do it. I have a friend named Shaquan who can come down and be a day player. Um, it was very that. Um, this is a very white movie, and I do not think that that is like an accident at all. There was several no. of the people in the movie. It was like, first of all, Ethan Hawke feels so out of place in this movie. It's just like so odd that it's him. It's yeah, like, huh. it's you can't. You almost you have trouble getting over it. Like yeah. you're like you. that's why in my synopsis I keep calling him Ethan Hawke. I don't call him by his character's name, which is James. James because James I am Sandin, watching baby. this movie for ninety minutes or however long it is i'm just watching it's like ethan hawk go through yeah this. it's a it's ethan hawk not known you know for his chameleon like abilities he's no guy pierce uh but <laughs> he said yeah he had the yeah this the space and he was like you know what and this movie released on june 7th 2013 was a massive hit um for blumhouse um mm. who's brought us such classics as dave uh pointed out as ma that was a really big hit for them starring academy award winner octavia spencer mm-hmm. um the movie was made for three million dollars and made 89 mil at the box office so uh let me check my records <laughs> that's a hit <laughs> that's a hit baby um yeah they did it they really did it joe um so yeah the movie is like it's a it's a funny it's a funny movie because like first of all it's lena hetty plays the wife um who we all know as the chick that i'm really upset with right now i'm still in the middle of season five and i'm waiting to see how these pieces fall into place I thought you were going to give us House of Dragon tea, but no, you're still working your way through Game of Thrones, which is wild. These episodes are dense, okay? So I need (laughs) breathers, okay? They are chock-fall. But I also, when I was watching Game of Thrones, because I didn't watch it when it aired either, I watched it, like, I actually watched it during the pandemic. The pandemic's not over. Well, when the pandemic started, like early on in the pandemic, and I didn't say it was the, I didn't say the pandemic was over. How dare you? Just grow up. (laughs) I'm not doing this on a pod. (laughs) I just love Um, grow up as an, I love grow up as an insult when it like doesn't pertain to the situation at all because it still puts you on defense. Also telling, screaming someone to, to, screaming at someone to grow up during an argument is like just a really like immature thing to do. I feel like it's like. But it instantly makes you feel like you have like the high ground. 
absolutely but like the person is receiving it, you're like what does that mean there's no specificity here no, there like isn't. what what are you trying to say to me tell me what you need from me you and know? it's actually pronounced specificity by the way just you're right <laughs> small small note <laughs> should we tell that story yeah we should there was this woman on an id investigation discovery show about uh a woman's um murder or disappearance or whatever and brandon sent me a video <laughs> of this woman who was an expert uh, 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 an alleged expert. An ID <laughs> expert, which means nothing. <laughs> Talking about how someone knew something and their their knowledge was too specific. And <laughs> she is so confidently sharing the story and being like, no, I knew that he was a person of interest because <laughs> there was too much... Specificity. Specificity. <laughs> I can't even say it wrong. She's like, there was, but, I knew he was a person of interest because there was too much specificity to what he did. And I was like, why didn't they call cut and like have a regroup moment where they were like, Hey, we're going to have a quick, f- let's have a quick word chat. That's like, not one. <laughs> and that's not how you say whatever you're trying to say. It was like, she like had a stroke in the middle of trying to say the word. And the thing was, was that she was so, so confident when delivering it. It was, so it was on the case with Paula Zahn because then they yes. kept to Paula Zahn and her face <laughs> is like, well, oh, it's first frozen. Of all, Paula Zahn's face does not move whether she no, wants baby. it to or not. But it was like very clear that Paula Zahn had just recorded television gold and she wasn't that about her to let face it go. wasn't moving for different reasons. Also, Paula Zahn, so, Paula Zahn asked the, I hate it's one thing to ask leading questions, but Paula Zahn will be talking to somebody whose like daughter died, and then she'll be like, "Did it feel horrible to find out that your daughter was <laughs> murdered by the bus driver?" And the person's like, "Yeah." <laughs> the, ding 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 if, ding ding. If Correct I have a, mundo. <laughs> if I have any other answer besides yes to that question, then I should be a person of interest. <laughs> like, were, you, were you shocked? To come home and find your wife gone and a patch of her her hair in a bloody clump stuck to the door. No, that was old hat for us. I wasn't feeling breezy. I'll put it that way, Paula. I didn't I didn't nuke a burrito in the oven and turn on the news. Uh, I, like I like what more do you want from me? And she exactly. just sits there like with this furrowed brow. Well, when it can furrow, yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> what she thinks is a furrowed brow. <laughs> it's just like enough. I would honestly, be, I'm not answering that question. No, you know the answer. You know the answer. It's a. If we were on trial, that would be leading the witness. Let me tell you. Uh, right. And it, and that objection would be sustained. I, I look. I understand legal <laughs> jargon in a way that most people don't. Absolutely. And speaking of legal jargon, uh, they go through all the legalities in this movie about what's allowed and what's not allowed during the purge. And Mm -hmm. uh, the rules are pretty loosey goosey. I do love how they make it clear that, like, you can't go after, like, government officials. They're off limits. I know. Um, It's I I mean, that's the whole point, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a scathing indictment. 
Uh, yes, of a society that would be reduced to this. And it is um, 2022, which feels uh, a little bit, you know, violent in its own way. Absolutely. We all struggle to get through this nightmare of a year. Well, I forgot that it was. I, I before when I signed this, I didn't. You forgot? Like, Did you really? That was just a happy accident? Yeah, it was a happy accident that this was supposed to take place in 2022. I knew that it was like in the near future, but I wasn't sure because I didn't even remember that this came out in 2013, but it's been out for a while because they've made several purge movies and a television show. I do know that. I know that there's multiple versions of it, but I mean, we, Mm -hmm. we find out fairly quickly that James Sandon and his lovely wife, Mary, um, that they live in the community and that they've basically fitted all the homes in the community with security systems. What I did find funny is there's like this really brief moment where, uh, towards the beginning of the movie where Mary's having like a little bit of like a conversation with like one of the, the neighbors, um, grace as we as we soon find out she is anything but grace but yeah they have a quick conversation <laughs> and she's trying to subtly like make a little bit of a snipe at like mary and james because james made all this money off of uh fitting this entire like gated community with uh security systems and she's like well i see she's like well all of our, our money for these security systems paid for that addition on your home and it's like well, i mean that's how business works like nobody made 100%. you buy the security system why are you it's like it's not like you were you were required by law to purchase security <laughs> system for my husband so it's like you it feels like you're mad and it's also like you're not complaining about the security systems being faulty or like not working so it just feels like kind of like odd like for her to just be like pissed and like it's like he he had a service that he provided and you opted in and you paid for it and you opted in absolutely Tara and I had the same conversation Tara was like oh that's like supply and demand that's like literally how shit works it's just business yeah it's just it's capitalism like what do you think this is girl it's like you're mad it's like you're mad at him for having a product that you wanted and then you getting the product and then having it Exactly. And you're like, oh, oh, I guess a lot of people around here needed security systems. And it's like, well, yeah, because you your government has established something called the purge where no one is safe for murder. So, yeah, I'd want a security system, too, baby. And guess what? My husband happens to be in the right business for this kind of thing. Or smartly, like, you know, slid into it. Or slid into it, yeah. But one of the one of the the very first things that Tara and I both said when we were watching this movie is it starts and it says he he's a he's driving home and he's arriving back at into his house on the night of purge and it says like sixty two minutes until the start of a purge and Tara and I were like. We would never cut It'd it be that, that close. Pull, pull that close, yeah, right? <laughs> it was way too close for cover. 62 minutes in between you and possible murder? No. I would work from home that day. I wouldn't leave bed. Nobody would be elite, allowed to leave, come or go from the house for like a full 48 hours, like uh, when the purge was in, in view. Absolutely not. It is the rules of the purge as they so as they set them forward in the movie are the only rules during the purge are that the government officials ranking 10 or higher must remain unharmed. The use of weaponry above class four is forbidden and police and emergency services are suspended. Anyone who mm-hmm. doesn't follow the rules is executed. And I guess what's considered like class five is like flame guns and like grenades um, it, assault it, rifles are cool. Anybody yeah, can use an that's assault a class rifle four, so that, or a machine gun or any of that. Go ahead, that's yours, baby. Yeah. So that so that basically like gives you an idea of 
of the type of weapon that people can successfully get away with utilizing during the purge. But it's also like not completely clear in the movie when they sort of get into like like govern like what like con- is considered like a level 10 government um official no they don't they don't but it's like in my mind it's like you could probably kill an alderman you know what i mean <laughs> Ooh. but like not like a government or like or a government not a governor or like a senator state senator but like an alderman or like a city council member you could probably off do you think i would say so yeah i mean but again, they don't make it clear. And maybe they make it clear in later movies, but you know, we're given some really minimal information about how this works. And like even like what the new founding fathers as a political party stand for. Well, also it's like weird because it's like unless it's a person, like maybe like a level 10 is a person who has like access to like nuclear codes and things like that. You know, mm. like a person who has the potential like to hold sort of like government secrets or things of that nature. Um, but I imagine that things get pretty loosey goosey. If you're a government, uh, if you're a level 10 government person, can you participate in the purge? Right. Well, also, it's like, how would you know? I mean, it's absolute bedlam. So, yes. like, if a government 10 <laughs> official is like happens to be stopped by the Safeway and gets a stray bullet, then it's like, who, who gonna check who? Right, exactly. Like, if it's a crowd of people, it's like, who are you going to figure out? Like, what are you going to do? you going to cancel the purge next year? Um, and I also think about someone popping off a bullet at, like, 6.58 p.m. before the sirens go off. Like, who's going to know? That who's Honestly, know? the ending of the movie, that's what I wanted. I wanted the ending yes. of the movie. There's, like, the scene when Grace has basically been screwed over by her neighbors who have used, after coming in and helping save her and her family, they, you know, they think that the host is clear. And then they discovered that the neighbors basically saved the family so that they could kill them themselves out of jealousy for the money that they have. And that's like, you live in a house right across the street. So I have an addition that I built on. It's not like you're in, like, but I guess that's just to show the avariciousness of, like, these people. Like, nothing. Like, nothing's enough for them the idea of anybody having more you know but like it's a funny moment because it's like she finally she sort of gets them all around this table and she makes everybody wait and you know the the stranger who showed up at her house the bloody stranger who ends up being Mm -hmm. like the ref the like the rescuer of her family is like holding like everybody there hero of this movie he's yeah he's the hero of the movie and like He's holding them all there and we watch the, cl- the clock get to a point and then we hear the siren go off, meaning that the purge is officially over. And it's like so desperately in the last like five seconds before the horn went off, I wanted her to shoot everybody at the table. I and, did then I wanted the, and then I wanted the siren to go off because it's yes. like your family is not safe, mama, and your no. husband's dead. So it's like <laughs> you. I really want it. And Cersei would have done that. Cer- Cersei would have absolutely off to all of those people and she wouldn't have waited 10 seconds before the sirens went off let me tell you yeah she also would have you would have gone after her her sweetheart of her brother yeah exactly so I mean but you know Mary's a different character and we Mary's have a different to let character. actors we're dealing with a like different characters absolutely um, different absolutely. way different day very different that. accent it actually <laughs> took me a second to clock who she was because the wig was so different that it was yeah. like is that is that you know i, don't I hadn't know seen her she, outside of game of thrones i don't think i don't know that she was wearing a wig in this i think that's oh, her was that her was this I her think natural that was hair? her hair she wears a wig in game of thrones this was her loose natural hair i think so okay all right 
I mean, I'll have to look close. I wasn't paying super close attention, but I thought it was. I mean, if you look at her IMDb picture, too, she has sort of that short, dark hair that she has in the movie. It just looked like it was styled. Like I just a never seen it mom. before. I've, anytime I've seen her without that wig on, she's got her hair in like cornrows or like Bantu knots or something like that. So it was just interesting to see her wearing it down. Um, she'd probably gone by Sally's Beauty Supply right before this and gotten some like really good like Shea Moisture products mm-hmm. to just like mm-hmm. let her unleash her mane. Jane Absolutely. also sent me a video of a of a white woman with braids in her hair before uh, the podcast. <laughs> it was a video on IG and like the text. I'm glad of- you saw that because I feel like we send so many memes to each other that like we're we always miss something. I was like, I hope he sees well, this. We one. just assault each other with like with memes and then forget to even look at the one the other person sent us. It's, so um, true. But it was like it was this video of this white woman with like these like box braids in her hair and like the text above it was like when oh when it's when the new growth has come in and it's time to redo your braids and it's just her like with this and she's like, like oh when you have to deal with your natural hair and it's like you what? <laughs> what are you doing? For like so many reasons what are you doing? Well my favorite is that it that it's stitched and it like cuts to a black woman just <laughs> Not needing to say anything. Not needing to say a single word. (laughs) I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any any more details than this. But I did mention to Dave today there was a there was a white woman who I saw who I'm gonna keep it real broad who was wearing Mm. like (laughs) mumu like the mumus that like my mom and like other like older black women that I know wear and like a headscarf and. I was just like, what are you doing, girl? And she had some hoops in. It was like, it was real, it was real it was, dicey. I was just like, I haven't seen this look on somebody like you before. Okay. I guess, uh, uh, wow, that's interesting. I would love to get more spe- specificity on that. Um, on the. That's a- Pessipis on who? Pessipicity the uh, on the situation on why she decided. Wasn't that originally supposed she... to be Carrie what Russell's I'm... name on on the show? <laughs> on Felicity. You know, change of Pessipicity didn't do so well with those test audiences. Um, they were like, it's a little, it's a little too too grimy. Um, but yeah, so then we so we get that setup though of the angry jealous neighbors, and then we we also are introduced to the kids. We have the young son played by Max Burkholder. He plays Charlie, and I. Recognize him because he played the son to Monica Potter and Peter Krause on Parenthood, which I for some Terrace, reason watched all of. Tara said the same thing to me, and I said I don't know what any of that means. Um, she looked him up because she was like, "He looks so familiar. How do I know him?" I and instantly. He's a very distinct heads. face, so I remembered mm-hmm. him. He played his name. Well, he had the same character's name. Yeah, he was one of the part of the Braverman crew. His name is Max on the show. So this is my mm-hmm. first time seeing him in anything outside of that. Um, he's good on that show. He's, he's, he's good in this movie too. He know the hell out of me, just action wise. I mean, decisions action. that the every, character made. Every character's decision in this movie annoyed the hell out of me. And some casting decisions also. <laughs> I wouldn't say they annoyed me, but they left me perplexed. Um, we have a grown ass woman playing the role of a teenage daughter. Um, yes, Zoe. Um, she's giving thirty year old. Um, she's giving thirty year old postdoc is what she's giving, and they've got her in this schoolgirl uniform. And I was just like, they, "This is the thing that bothered me. She's in this Catholic schoolgirl uniform the whole movie. The whole and it's movie, like, and she's grown. She's this is a she's grown, grown woman, and she's playing this sixteen year old. I was like, "What pervert 
put these outfits together. Like these knee-high, these knee-high socks. And these like Catholic school girl skirts and this, this tight like, top. plaid skirt, this really tight. She wears the 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 um tie and shit. And I'm like, when you get home from school, no, you, you, take, you take that shit off. off immediately. And like, you probably plan on trying to get one or two more washes out of it if you're a real teenager. Exactly. God, I'm such so- a gross kid. <laughs> I remember well, I my, my mom would like be like. When this is okay, when high school I was better, but I remember like that where you're at the age where you start stinking like an adult, and it's like especially it's not young just boys, like, yeah, young boys like, really get smelly. I, I, the smell I of really a stinky. of a teenage or like a preteen boy is really visceral to me. It makes me feel very ill. It's because you haven't gotten <laughs> into the routine yet of like knowing you need to wear deodorant like consistently. So like uh-huh. it's a it's just like you're not there, and like mom would be like, hey, time start wearing deodorant but like you forget it's like not a right. part of your routine just yet and i feel mm-hmm. like it just happens overnight where all of a sudden it's just you like sink his what is going on i remember my mom <laughs> being like you can douse yourself in all the axe body spray you want to <laughs> but if you don't get your butt in that bathroom and i remember like being in the bathroom this is true i swear to god this is true my mom yelling at me to take a bath and shower and i didn't want to and i remember going in the bathroom turning the shower on and then sitting on just sitting on top of the toilet and like Splashing some water on my face and then just like walking out of the just bathroom. Just take the shower. Just That's take the shower. Effort. Or like, and I don't know what it was that I was just like, no. Just I don't do. And then, and just, then like later on at dinner, my mom being like, why did you stop fucking spout? And I was like, I took a bath. And her being like, the hell you did. And then she got smart to it. Literal flies surrounding you. And then she got smart to it and she was like, oh, baby, when you go in that shower, if you don't get in the shower, like you can tell, you can hear yeah. that water being disrupted by a body in a shower versus like, and that's when she started being like, I don't have, I don't hear your body in there. And then I was like, oh, all right, I guess we got it bathe now um those are my battles of childhood um god you know so i will say you are a very 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 clean person now i try which is is funny it's funny to me to hear that about your childhood because it's hard for me to imagine because i've known you as an adult and you've always been a person who's always been very clean i I really i try and get the showers in you know i try not to play this who am i jake gyllenhaal i can't play those celebrity (laughs) games I can't take a shower. I take a shower once, once a, a fortnight. I gotta like get in there all the time. You gotta get in there. Us you gotta get regular clean. people, we yeah. can't play that game. When you're a celebrity, it's like deep. Um, but yeah, is we Jake got Gyllenhaal to, known to not take showers? Is that you a remember thing? all that that stuff? It was like him and like Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. They were all talking about how like something about they don't take showers like you know every couple days or some shit and everybody was like that's gross disgusting Um, they were like oh we live our lives all we want sure whatever Uh, so so that's all happening we meet the kids and like it's so funny to me also in this movie because everybody is so like calm like like the purge is about to happen the family's like sitting around there was some wishbone salad dressing on the table so they're (laughs) cutting corners where they can and I was just like y'all are really chill for what this night is about to be and it also struck me that like there weren't rules in place like within the family in a way that was confusing to me so they're sitting around they're having dinner Ethan Hawke is like strong arming in everyone into telling them how their day was and it's really just so that he can talk about his like big deal that he won at work and there's definitely like they're trying to pretend that everything's cool for sure but 
the kids and um, Cersei, Mary, that's her name in the movie. There's there's a level of discomfort with them, at least with the son and Mary, Charlie and Mary. Now, the daughter's just trying to get it in with her skeevy ass boyfriend. But she's not because she doesn't know he's there yet. Remember? Well, she he's in uh, hiding. Well, before she thinks he left, but before she thinks he left the house, yeah. they are like try, they're like making out on the bed or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got you. that's like seems like a little relaxed to me if I'm like you know like about to enter a night where like a lot of people are going to be killed. Like I feel like I would be more somber. But you well, never know. I feel like I'd also be worried about my boyfriend like making it home, like in time, and be like, totally. in case you get caught. Like, I mean, like, what about all the people during purge night who get caught in like traffic? Oh my god, who are like in line at the grocery store because they like, you know, oh shit, I'm you know out oh, of this. Oh, chicken. We need like something to like nosh on tonight. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> and it's purge o'clock, and it's like you're trying to get to the car <laughs> oh. with your like Fruit Loops. And that's the thing honey I would have instacarted the day before I would have, like I just would not have I would not leave my house for 48 hours okay I got a scenario for you okay you've been you've been puffing that green stuff mm-hmm. you know you got the the munchy munchy munchies mm-hmm. um, and you've just instacarted over like some hot pizza Okay. And the person gets to the house and it's like, but like the purge horns going off and they're like walking up to the gate and you see some goons from the neighborhood, like <laughs> white goons like these and they're chinos and, you know, mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren. And mm-hmm. you're like, they're coming towards you. And then the guy's got the pizza though. And he's like, Hey, I got mm-hmm. the, I got the pizza. Like, oh, are you going to mm-hmm. let me in? Or like, and you like, you're hungry. Like what, <laughs> what's your move, Jane? Are you going to like, are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to let him keep the pizza? Or are you going to, like, open up that, like, that little barricade for a second and hope you get that pizza inside? Okay, what's my setup? And am I in the exact same setup as the Sandin's house? Yeah, you're in that kind of setup. Okay, and so... The purgers are trying to get what? At they're the walking pizza towards. Man? They're not at the. You no, know, they're trying to. They're just walking towards the home, and it's like they're so it's impending violence. Oh, by the way, I realized in this scenario, this pizza man's gonna die if you don't let him in the house. Yeah, all day. Exactly. I was thinking what I would do would just be open the door for the pizza guy and let him in, and then close the door, and then nice. we could both eat pizza together. You're gonna give him some of the pizza. Of course, yeah. Okay. First of all, I would feel very guilty about ordering pizza seconds before the fr- the purge horn went off. So <laughs> I don't even know if I would be in that scenario. I'd probably hold off and be like, oh, yeah. I'd probably order two or three things and then just see who made it there first. Oh, which, okay. Which so you're willing to risk two or three lives. I mean, I hope to, that those people to, to get, get, get back to their moves. to get their get back to their cars. I'd be like at my window, like that. <laughs> I know what I know from this scenario is that you wouldn't open your door for fucking anyone. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'll just do it. I'll probably just do it with the hunger. Well, not me. I'm gonna have some food already made. Probably you, you would have been prepared. You I would have never be, but I know there are those people. I know in this purge yeah, world that there are I, those people who are like, I'm gonna go out and get some in and out real quick. It's like, no. Absolutely. And it's so stupid. And it's, I would never do that. I would never or, do that. From a cultural standpoint, do you think it's kind of almost like a holiday? Like a holiday? Is it, is it like a Thanksgiving or like a Christmas where like people probably come together as like families and like create huge like meals and then like you know and lock shit down? Purge parties, yeah, I'm sure. So as well, 
what I do think is for some people and honestly, I don't want to give spoilers away for the other movies oh, if you want. Oh, no, no, no. I may have touched on something. If you want to watch them, but they get more into how people the spend minutia. the Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So, you know, there are those moments where people have, you know, get togethers and parties and that kind of stuff to quote, celebrate or lock down together or hunker down or whatever. It's also like the thing about the purge, too, is that it's also like this opportunity for like all sorts of violence. Like I have to imagine yes. that there's a lot of like sexual violence as well, because it's just 100%. like 100 like, percent because the, there's no like basically like the, the cops and like the ambulance like workers have like the night off it's everything's suspended and also like the hospitals so it's like what about the woman who's like giving birth like who happens to be giving birth during the purge like yeah like, what if you like you know really actually cut point. your finger off at home while like chopping up vegetables like Bleed out, it's baby. like you're gonna you're gonna you're in that house like you like you for it's just it's such a like like to hear about all of those deaths or like, you know, the the older, you know, the older neighbor who like has a heart attack and like mm-hmm. just doesn't even try and call the hospital. And she's just like, oh, die with dignity on the kitchen floor because she's like, I know they won't let me in. Uh, it's just like and then and then like, you know, the next day when like, you know, I, I don't know, one of her like grandkids comes over and is like, Grandma Glennis. And, and she's like, like, I was no, going to no. die silently here. Um, but it's just like. So it's like there's a lot of people that aren't even a part of this that sort of like I feel like must catch like some of the shrapnel, so to speak, of just like existing in this world. And it's like you just got to hope that like you have an okay night on purge night and like the shit doesn't get too wild. You know, that's what I'm saying. Don't leave your house. Don't talk to anybody. Don't party. Like it's probably not a lot of that because think about being like drunk and then being like, I want to go outside for a cigarette. And then you like push the door to open it and everybody's like, no, 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 no. Like, and that's a thing. It's like people like uh, like there are so many circumstances where you get hurt or hurt someone else. And then like also Tara and I were having the conversation, too, about how like, you know, you always ask, like, what would you, you know, like would of course you would never purge you would never think to do anything like that you would stay away from it but then the idea of like things becoming normalized within a society you know what i mean where Mm -hmm. it's like okay so maybe the first couple years people were like i would never do that's crazy i'm not participating in this and then you a few years go by you find out some people you know have died in the purge you find out oh my coworker actually has purged before and it was meaningful for them in this way and then you're like oh interesting I know someone who's done that that's crazy and then it becomes more and more normalized you meet more and more people who've participated and then all of a sudden you're like you know what I'm fucking doing it I'm fucking doing it and that's how these kinds of things like happen I could like see that like evolving and everyone like when the neighbors show up at the end and they're like, they're you're ours. And like, they have that flimsy excuse of being like, Oh, we don't like how you made lots of money off of us on security systems. Like it sounds like they just kind of want to purge and they found a reason for someone who kind of irks them to like, go for it. Well, it's also like you could have, well, the first question that comes to mind for me is what would you do if the purge was going on? You had at the house. <laughs> And on your bedroom floor, 
<laughs> and there's murder. And they kill your mailman and his famous friend. And you said you wouldn't hurt him, but you're hungry. <laughs> and now, you, now your house has on lockdown. Is that... I, I no, I, I I had something more solid, and it just okay. like it got it got away from me, you know. And they, they can't all be this gems. Is, um, no, I want to say, and I want to say this for always and forever, and for you know in perpetuity. And this is a place to workshop. And it isn't though. We we <laughs> never we never give each other this place to workshop. We famously attack one another, which is why the moment that I couldn't think of something, I started quaking because I was like, I'm vulnerable. It well, feels like you're I'm, just standing there and you're holding a gun and like you're yeah, just about to shoot me with uh, it. About to purge you. And what I was trying to do purge. is create a false sense of security for you to try out whatever you wanted so that I could then use that as material against you for future roasting. This ain't my first rodeo. I know the game. I know it's <laughs> never about open communication and honesty and transparency. No. It's always about, you know, watch your neck. Um, <laughs> coming for that jugular. Also, we find out that the daughter... We found out that her boyfriend, Henry, who is basically hiding in her bedroom. So once the lockdown happens, also, they don't do a really good job. I really wanted a better, like, image of what was going on with the locks, so to speak, that were like the locking that was happening in the house. I wanted to I couldn't quite make out what was what what the provisions were as far as a security system that is built to, like, lock the house down. I really wanted like exterior shots. What we saw was just like interior, interior shots of what I think were supposed to be steel like window coverings, but they Got did it. look like they did look like blackout curtains. I was like, when the coals is going on? Who <laughs> used a coupon? Um, but they Coast they cash. were like, <laughs> right? They were really yeah. It was supposed to be like yeah. Our producers just stepped in. He says it's still still uh, panels come down from outside the window. Yeah, like I guess that. I also don't Over understand the why. The- Doors and windows. Yeah, but I want a metal house. If I've got to survive, if, sure. if I've got. What, why did you say steel and not still? Did I say, oh, were you coming from my southern accent? I think he's coming for your accent. Yeah. No, yeah. no, <laughs> not on this part. In Beyonce's, in Beyonce's America has a problem voice. No, no. <laughs> and I know and I say country shit all the time and I hear it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to lean into it. Because I am, I, re- I realize every year older you know I get, I get a little I, bit more Southern. I love your I, Southern accent. When it comes out, it it it, it fills my heart with joy, actually. You, I said I get work. earlier, get. I was like, get, we don't get. And I was like, get. oh my God, what are you doing? And some people were looking for directions around. I said, what are y'all looking for? I was like, what? Oh my God. But that, that's, no, but you said all the time. What are y'all doing? I do. That kind of I thing. Know. I was, I'm all like, that. what are y'all doing? Where y'all going? Yeah, and I get, and then like when people who aren't from the south say, "I'm like, what are you, what are you doing?" It's like you fucking poser. What What are you doing with that y'all? Get that y'all yeah. out of your out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. That was sitting a little too comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's like when someone from not from Boston is like, "Oh, Packy can't have a yen. Oh, I like a tonic, please." I'm like, exactly. Packy. Fucking 
Pack your con Southie. We're going to we're going to get some Boston baked beans for the big game. <laughs> the baseball game. New Why kids on the block. <laughs> you sound like you're not even from this country when you do that. <laughs> no. It was really good, Jane. We're okay. gonna pack, pack your car. I'm from Worcester. You hear about it? You you're from where? Worcester. <laughs> we, okay, sure. I'm from Worcester Mass. My mom's from Southie. <laughs> yeah. Where do, you, where do you think Worcester is in relation to Boston? I know where it is. I know exactly where it is, but I don't want to okay. embarrass you okay. by saying it, you know? But I know where it is. Okay. Sure. Worcester. <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Let's go down to the wharf. Let's go down to the wharf and get some get some the wharf and get some fresh the fish. Wharf, the wharf is San Francisco. That's how Boston. Let's go down the to the dock and get some fresh some fresh fish. I saw some tilapia I just brought in. Some salmon. You were not pulling tilapia out of the Boston Harbor to eat. It's like lobsters and shit. We're not like ooh. This <laughs> tilapia. I feel like tilapia is like a lake fish, isn't it? I don't know. Well, I don't I've got to be honest with you. I've never seen tilapia on a menu in Boston, but it could be there. <laughs> but it's normally like cod or something. You know? Let's get some, we get some cod, some, some cod, some tilapia. What? what it's getting away what from me. <laughs> you, it's getting really far away from Also, me getting away implies that it was ever like within my grasp. You ever were holding on to it. <laughs> like, honey. <laughs> the clutch, you were clutching tight, but you were clutching the wrong thing. But I am feeling, in that moment, I thought to myself, I get why people lean into delusion. Because... <laughs> Because I felt really good about myself, and I was like, "There was like for nothing." No you couldn't tell me that that wasn't a solid accent. You okay? I, that you weren't Mark Wahlberg. In you that can moment. tell me that I wasn't an extra in Mystic River. <laughs> oh my god! Why is that guy crying? <laughs> It really has gotten. I, I don't know what's going on. I gotta stop. It's really gotten getting crazy. Like, weirdly, like Rosie Perez ish. Monkey. <laughs> this is a podcast. You can't see both. You can't Brandon see me. I was doing, doing the, I was the, doing the Rosie, Rosie Perez. Perez dance. I was doing the Rosie, the Rosie Perez pop from the beginning of Do the Right Thing. Yes. And all of our longtime listeners would know that just from the, the grunt and the heavy breathing, what I was attempting. Exactly. Um, but speaking of grunting. <laughs> they, would ho- they would hope that's what you're doing, I think. And speaking of grunting and heavy breathing, mm. once Miss Zoe gets up to her bedroom, because once the purge starts, the parents, there's no moment where the parents are like, hey, we're all going to just like hunker down for. Uh, first of all, if I was a parent and the purge is going on, we'd all be in the same room the whole night. So y'all may as well just get sleeping bag. <laughs> yep. Jane, also, I have a question for you. Okay. This is this is a political question, kind of. Oh uh, my God, we never get political on here. Go ahead and get out your soapbox so you can okay. go ahead and, and sit on top of it. Okay. Okay. In a purge situation, uh-huh. I know that you, I know that you are very. In, you know what I'm gonna say, don't you? No, I have no idea. I'm oh, really curious. I know that you are very, very anti-gun. Yes. What happens in a purge situation in the in the Hammer household? Is there is a purge a situation where you would feel like you would need to have a gun in your home, or would you use your words and your think pieces to protect you and your, <laughs> and your family? Well, okay, so this is I don't obviously- know if Gloria Steinem quotes are going to do it this time, but I'm curious. 
<laughs> if I could read this decision by reading This is what Katie a third wave Ginsburg. feminist looks like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um yes, I am extremely some might say violently oxymoron anti-gun and for me it is uh, this is actually not something I thought about so it's an interesting thing that you bring it up obviously in the world where the purge exists the everything is different so if there were people who were legitimately coming after me with guns and had the legal right to attack me and everyone had access to guns, then maybe on purge night, I would like take a gun out of a lockbox and like from a safety deposit box in a bank and like sleep with it next to my bedside just for that night. But like, even I, I don't know, it's like so hard for me to understand like what, the rules for me would be also also Tara and I've talked about this is that like if this were a real thing I would no longer be in this country I would pull every resource I had to get out of this country because a country that functions with a purge night is not a place that I want to live and pay taxes and contribute to seems like some of those European nations having their own purge nights some decades back. Um, <laughs> so you wouldn't try and defend yourself with quotes, from, tr- for the quotes from the bell jar. <laughs> no, I don't think that would be effective. But okay. I also think if I were in this situation, I had to be in this situation. I would find a way to isolate. So I would not run into anybody. It's, if that meant going to, you know, somewhere in the woods where no one else lived and locking down for, you know, 48 hours. And I would do that, but I just wouldn't want any part of it. I would never participate in it and I would never want someone to participate in it with me. You know, one more scenario before, before Hold we on. get back to the movie. What would you what? do? You'd, you'd have a gun, right? Yeah. Duh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about how I wish when the character, the, the character simply known as polite leader, um, <laughs> given insult Reese Wakefield, when he comes to the door, that actor, by the way, that actor is so proud of his performance. Like no one can be as proud of it as he is. He's like commenting on it from inside. He's so, he's so happy about what, the work he's doing. I was thinking, I don't understand. I always think about this. You're going to think this is insane when I say this, but I always think too, like, Sometimes I think like I wish I had like like a function on the door that just like just a knife that just would shoot out if somebody got too close to my door anyway. That's just like now, just in the world. Most people just get too close. And I think like, you know what? That's what I was thinking was like if somebody got close enough or if there was like on the nest, if there was just like there's a little tiny, like little, like dart, like a little sedation dart that just like a tranquilizer dart that you yeah, like a little trank. Blow anybody get him in that jugular. Getting in the jug. And then I get outside and then I drag them by their hair, like down the stairs and out <laughs> away from my home. <laughs> like something like that. So I, me, for me, for me. Yeah, we're going to two guns. <laughs> I mean, okay. Dave's no. going to have one and I'm going to have one and I'm going to put the alcohol away. So. 
Happy doesn't get too <laughs> Nothing goes off. All, all it takes is, you know, somebody <laughs> somebody letting their dog poop on the street without picking it up for him to blow a gasket. Uh, so we're going to make sure that everything stays on the up and up around here. Um, and I agree with you. It just touch and go. And all of a sudden we've got, we got guns. <laughs> just all willy-nilly. Well, this is the thing. It's like in a bird society where, like, I cannot get away from it. Like, it's, um, you know... I feel like in order to live and survive, I might have to change my mind about what I do on that night. But today, no, there's absolutely no reason. And like we live in a society where we can pass laws to make those unavailable to people and we don't fucking do it. You know, so well, the thing is, every, every present day, this this situation, the scenario, of this movie gets a little bit more like. Eh. I know. Well, this is the thing. Watching it now and having it be the year twenty twenty two, I just thought like this does not feel out of the realm of possibility, which is an absolutely terrifying thought. It's horrible. Like it really is. And oh. you were you were going to give me another scenario. Do you still want to give that to me? Do yeah. You the other scenario was, was going to be if you were like you know if somebody was chasing you down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were trying to get away and you got to like a cabin and they were like and you were banging on the door and they're like we'll let you in and you walked in and it was a room full of people eating coconut cream pie and massaging each other's feet <laughs> I'd, hop, I'd hop I'd hop right in the circle eat up and grab a foot to the massage let me tell and you they were my like, life oh insane. no we ran out of toenail clippers though, so everybody's just chewing their neighbor's <laughs> toenails off <laughs> Till tomorrow to no. cut our toenails. There's no way, not in this scenario. We all got to go down right now. If my life is at stake, of course, I, I I would say I I would I will fight for the death for you to be able to do what you want to do. But I would politely decline and say, No, 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 baby, not an option. <laughs> Do you, is it cool if I just sit here nope. and read a book or nope. I'll tell you what is cool get that big toe of Earl next to you in your mouth <laughs> oh my god well, yeah you play I'm... ball wouldn't you exactly you don't stand for anything <laughs> So. I mean, the corner you backed me into to say that I would bite off someone's toenails to <laughs> save my life and eat coconut is a little unfair. For context, then I you find out that I've that I've literally constructed this entire scenario. You spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars creating this. <laughs> oh my god! If I had millions of dollars, That's I would spend. If I sp- if I had millions of dollars, I would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to walk down the stairs and like some really delicious like couture and like see you just like gnawing on like a trucker's toenails oh my god oh my god I'm gonna puke. and just be Please like stop. you will never have the high ground ever again with me and I've like never looked <laughs> Ever again, or above you, 
and you have invested time, money, resources. You've hired disgusting actors. Day players. Day players. <laughs> yeah, we auditioned for that role at Earl. You better believe it. <laughs> And then you realize that I'm in like a beautiful like jacket and you realize it's like a jacket I borrowed from you. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, it hurts, doesn't it? It stings. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. But I would have you in your place finally. <laughs> you would be able to have something on me forever. Always I'd be like, oh, mama, there's a little Paquito toe jam. Right between your fucking teeth. Lower your voice when you talk to me, foot girl. <laughs> if I ever get smart with you again. And this is friendship. Um, all of our listeners. By the way, again, this this is what we call a healthy friendship. And then I explain to you the years that went into planning this. I was just like, aren't you tired? You have devoted time to this. It's like, remember when I told you I had that part-time job? This is what I was doing. It's like, for two years, this is what you've been laboring? I oh thought you God. were getting your PhD. No, 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 like, no, baby. Nope, it's this. I was meeting with the hot boys and the hot girls. That's where I met Myrna, Earl, Claude, Lynn, Beverly, boy Beverly. Yeah, you better believe that. Um, and uh, <sighs> speaking of the rules changing Ooh. in this movie we've got a hot and heavy scene with Zoe and her boyfriend Henry who's up in her bedroom because these parents <clears throat> very quickly like the purge starts they let the kids sort of do as they please and then like the kids are the kids are essentially like running amok in this house and can I bring up a point yes please I- do so we know that early on in the movie, Charlie sees the bloody man and he's screaming in the street for help. He's like, help someone help me. Please let me in. They're after me. And Charlie is like, I have to help a person who needs help. And so he disarms the house for a minute and the bloodied man is able to make it into the house. And my first thought was that kid should never know how to disarm this security. That system. was my thought, too. That was exactly Why what I said. How is that so easy for him? I had the exact same thought. He put that code in with ease. And the thing is that now kids are always paying attention to like mm-hmm. to things like that, like codes to different things. If I mean, if I was a kid oh. who was in a household where like the, you know, the parents, somebody once told me, though, that they grew up in one of those houses with that with that kind of a television. And they said that they could tell which numbers the parents had used for the code because they were the ones that were the most worn down on the remote. <gasps> and so that's how they figured out. And it was just a row of numbers that their parents had been using f- to keep the to put the code in and they were like we putting codes them and their siblings they just put in the codes until they figured out what it was but they once they knew the four numbers and it was like yeah i was like kids are kids are smart man they just like they figure out the codes my, to your cell phones oh my god 100 oh, my niece has like watched my sister and figured out the code to herself and my sister does not want her to know and she absolutely figured it of out of course and I, they're always yeah, around exactly and i was like why don't you just change the code then and she was like 
Ugh, I don't want to remember another code. And that's the problem is yeah. that my parents use the same numerical code for everything. I've noticed what is since it, I was a kid. I'm not going to share it here listeners. because literally the listeners, you find out this code, you can get into my parents' life entirely. And that's literally only, just <laughs> that's only Bill's information that, <laughs> that's only information that I need to have. Okay. <laughs> and I don't, and you know what? I don't know if you need to have it either because you're not to be trusted. <laughs> Oh my god! I can imagine a purge one of me calling my mom and her like forgetting to lock down the house. I was like, "Where are you at?" And calling her, and she's like, "Oh, where are Razus?" It's like you need to get home, girl. What is Razus? Oh, it's like a, it's like a. Oh, I'm sorry, I forget that like there are restaurants that aren't everywhere. It's like a New Orleans inspired like Cajun like kind of like chain you know, restaurant like yeah it's like a chain <coughs> restaurant it's not like fine okay. dining but it's like a sit down mm-hmm. restaurant it's it's really it's pretty tasty you would like it actually if you come to, I'm if sure you, if I, I would. ever convince you to come to Dallas I'll just say you you're gonna it's a regional me? casual restaurant yeah it's um mm-hmm. you'll eat well you'll eat well we'll take care of you Jenny I believe it I I always eat well when I'm with you or with your family so it's Aww. never not happened yeah, I love that. It's Me true. Too. That's but my mom, <laughs> my mom would absolutely. I know I would call her and she'd be like, "Me and the girls, you so these rest these hotels were so cheap this weekend." I'm like, "You need to get hunker down somewhere. What <laughs> you are you doing need to get to shelter? Where are you at <laughs> like, the W Hotel? What's going on? This is not a good day it. for your mom. Day. Does love a deal? My mom loves a deal. A de- to the to the degree sometimes where you're just like you don't even know." You, you don't know what you got. You just somebody said 70% off. Uh, you know, you got it, so somebody else didn't. Um, but yeah, keeping track of parents and grandparents would be a lot oh during God. a little purge moment. So I do, I do think my parents would probably be pretty good about locking down. I do, I do know, think. I do think that my grandmother would straight up shoot somebody's head off. Yeah, me too. I absolutely think that. First of all, I know she knows how to use a rifle because we're from that South-South. My grandma used to have to kill chickens. Like, she's she's about that life. So I know she's not one. Actually, she's probably one I want to be with because I know that any the moment of hesitation in me to, like, process, like, the reality of taking a human life. And she's already killed him. Yeah, she's like, you, you can't think, baby. My well, that's the thing. Like, Get it out of here. And she's like, oh, have you already, have you already like come to terms with it? Like, she's, she's already pulling, she's pulling the body by the hair. She's like, Bria, take him. Exactly. That's what she is. My grandmother's like, I don't do that existential bullshit. She fucking millennials. You gotta live. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so true. Nobody in my family, nobody in my immediate family, besides maybe my one brother-in-law would know how to use a gun. I want to, I just decided in this moment, if there were a purge, I would want to be around a group of octogenarians. Why? Because I think that, I think that there's a possibility that I would have a lot more sort of like dread around the reality of having to take a human life. And I don't think they would care. Oh, you I think, think that they would like? I think if they, somebody broke in, I would want to be around a group of like eighty-year-olds mm-hmm. because I feel yeah. like they don't give a fuck. 
And I think that they would kill anybody. And I don't think they would think twice about it. I don't think that they're wired the same way. I think that they've lived through some pretty heavy shit already. And yeah. I think that it would just be like, it's you or me, baby. And I don't think they're going to, that wouldn't keep my grandmother up at night. Like, no. I think my grandmother would do what she had to do to protect her family. And I think mm-hmm. I would be like, Ugh, what are the implications? I need so much therapy. Yeah, Blood absolutely. And I, I feel like I'm, my grandmother would be like, go in I the other room. I live through it. I do think being around either Dave or Tara too would be good. I agree. And Dave just said it wouldn't keep him up. And I actually believe that. (laughs) I do think that I would probably just want to like sort of, you know, sequester myself a little bit just away from it. And I want any blood cleaned up before I came back in the room because I don't want to know. Oh my God, me too. I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it, you know? I mean, we paint such useless. We're just like talking about murder, like of course. (laughs) And we're also talking about how we don't want to deal with like the practicality (laughs) of like actually committing murder. Um, So like we'd be really annoying in this movie, basically. It would. There would be. I would be crying the whole. I just imagine us in robes, also for some reason. I don't know why. why. I think like that we silk would, robes or like a terry cloth moment. I just see me and you like trying to like add in like self care and like, <laughs> like and like everybody's like this isn't us. the time for slumber. <laughs> like you've never needed to be awake more than right now. Take off those goddamn silk robes and like knuckle up and like put on the running shoes. And it's like oh, I just I don't see run, me and sweetie. Jane coming out of the back room with like with like like clay masks on and they're just like you're not prepared you're not prepared to help fight you're in the way actually like what's going on <laughs> like you're making things worse you're being loud you're crying all the time like you have to get in the zone and you yeah, have to like, fight for your first life first things first why don't you go turn off Miss Congeniality too? <laughs> And then we'll like have a conversation with you. Never. I will (laughs) never turn off Miss Congeniality too. It's true. So we would not be of use. Much Mm -hmm. like the daughter who, when the purge starts, goes up to her bedroom and her boyfriend is in the bedroom laying on the bed and he basically they're making out. And then like she hasn't talked to him about this. She thought he was gone, first of all, which is instantly creepy because it's like, oh, my God, now you're going to be stuck in our home for 12 hours because of the purge. And he's like, which is a a long time. And he's like and her dad doesn't want her dating him because he thinks that he's too old. And he's like, I'm going to go talk to your dad. And then we found out that his plan was literally just to kill her father during the purge. And it's like, if you haven't, if this isn't a natural born killer situation where you two have like plotted this, then you're going to have quite the job ahead of you. If she loves her father of like convincing her to like stay in a relationship with you after you've murdered him. Like, so because it's like for a second, I thought maybe she was in on it. And then I realized she wasn't. Yeah. And then it's like, you just like came into her house during the purge and attempted to kill her dad. (laughs) So it's like, I have no sympathy for you at all. And like, no, it was right that he was killed. And then it's like, you're going to hear folks. And then after that happens, this is all happening at like a really intense moment in the movie where the son through the surveillance system sees the first black character in the movie Um, outside. It's this man. He appears to be wounded. He's in the neighborhood and through surveillance, he's yelling out in the the middle of the street for somebody to please let him in so that he can take shelter. And the the son um, goes over to the security system, puts in the code, opens up the um, those thick um, 
those thick blinds um, that keep the daylight out. The blackout curtains from the Kohl's. The blackout curtains from Kohl's. <laughs> he opens them up. He chucks some coal cash at, at Kohl's cash at the guy. <laughs> no, he opens them up and the guy comes into the house and they close it. And this is right as the moment that like the dad is shot or is being shot at by the boyfriend of the daughter. So it's just bedlam. And yeah, then, it's like, just chaos. Pure chaos. And now we've got this man in the house who nobody knows who this is. And he's, you know, hiding. And then the power goes out. And then we have a group of young uh, white Americans who show mm. up. And they're basically like, we were the people that, that were chasing the black unhoused gentleman. And we want him so that we can kill him. And the family's like, we he's in our home, but we don't know where he is. Also, the power's not on, so we can't see around the home. So, like, and the daughter, like, disappears for a really long time, and not a word is spoken of her. And Dave and I kept looking at each other like, no one's, like, no one's looking for her actively. Like, the mom had come to terms with it. Like, they're like, oh, she's tending to her dead boyfriend. But it's like, that's not a thing to be happening right now. He's dead. No, this isn't the moment. He's gone, and she's your teenage daughter. (laughs) In theory. So let's get her down here to the room with the rest of the family. But it seems like everybody sort of has processed her absence and like moved on because like doing their own thing. The family, the two parents and then the 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 young son seem to be like the only concern. And the daughter's just out there, just like in this house with this with the strange man and who they don't know, who's also in the house. Like the daughter doesn't know know his intentions. So like he could kill her instantly. But they also nobody has communicated to the daughter that this man is in the house so yeah, like the you, daughter you doesn't know even that know knows. that there's a strange man in the house so she's out in this house and just so mm-hmm. we're clear this is like a mansion like this is a massive home a huge huge it's home. a huge home um well not like a mansion but like it's a mcmansion it's, it's a McMansion. definitely it's definitely it's, a, a, it's not an mtv cribs mansion but it is a a, a regular person, like a wealthy Look, person's mansion. It's not the mansion that was rented by the the band 3LW to appear on MTV Cribs. It's not that, <laughs> but it is a it's a Mick Mansion moment. Like yeah. this isn't like this isn't like Mariah Carey wouldn't walk into this house and go, "Whoa, a mansion." Um, She'd be like, "Oh, this is a si- This is a reasonable sized home." No, she'd be like, oh, this is this is a cute guest house. Um, this is good for my dogs to live in. Exactly. And yep. you say that jokingly, but I 100 no, no, no. percent would not, not say be that surprised <laughs> if Mariah Carey's dogs, if Mariah had like three shit dudes who just lived in a house this size and had like Absolutely. a staff. that would totally 100%. make sense. And I kind of want that to be true because that's I the kind of chaos I can get on board with. for that to be true. Oh, my God. I was watching an episode of just speaking to shady people. I was watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote the other day because that's what I do now. And the one of the characters you talked about it last time, so our listeners know you love Murder She Wrote. Yeah, I love it. It's so it. good, y'all. And <laughs> there was a scene where, like, one of the characters, it was a character actress named Jane Meadows, and she was playing basically like a Mary Kay type character, but she was over the top. Mm. And this woman who was like her brother's secretary, like, walks into the room and she goes, That's a lovely outfit you're wearing. It doesn't suit you, but it's absolutely stunning. And then she like walks off, and I thought like, what a what an amazing read, like <laughs> incredible. It read. is a beautiful ensemble that's completely <laughs> wrong for you, but I love everything about it. You look a disaster in it, but it is beautiful on its own. <laughs> it's wearing you, sister. <laughs> But what a ride! I can only imagine. I only wear clothes that suit me, but 
to see your bravery and gumption to walk out here with that without a drop of makeup There's on. Nothing worse than a person calling you brave for wearing what you're wearing. For just like like like, like, so, like somebody like literally like you just at like the supermarket like going to get like Look, I some wish like I was spinach that brave, dip girl. and somebody being like hashtag courage. <laughs> and it's like what? I'm just I'm just breathing and I'm here. That's it. You 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 bitch. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be a political statement. Uh, I'm literally just existing uh, and I'm wearing an outfit I thought was cute. Apparently, I, I look good <laughs> like everybody else here, right? <laughs> it's just like it's the worst thing in the world. Like imagine being like an award show and like. <laughs> Just like as you're like walking in your seat, Renee Russo just leaning over and being like, "You are so damn brave for showing Look up like you. that." Look at you, Queen, <laughs> and then just walking on. And you're just Why like, is "What, it Renee Russo? We haven't seen her in 25 years." I, I like, <laughs> I like <laughs> of Tin Cup fame. You better believe it, baby. There's nothing <coughs> about this affair. I was gonna make a Thomas Crown affair. Thomas Crown affair, but you, yeah, yeah, I could say. As soon as you said affair, I knew you were going Thomas Crown, but I did not know where else you were going, and neither did you. Well, I was gonna. Well, I was gonna say. I know I've had a couple misses tonight. I was, yeah, I was gonna say nobody needs to tell Thomas Crown about this affair. Uh, Oh, okay. I got lost in it, and I said affair first, and there was no way out Mm -hmm. of it. Um, But yeah, no, Renee Russo, she's a real queen, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know her career. I feel like a lot of her career was thwarted by the existence of Gina Davis. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she probably almost got a lot of roles, and then GD Mm -hmm. showed up and she was like damn it there's always how things I in their own right and I won't be the person to pit them against each other unlike mm. other podcasts they're not, really, they're not really in their own right Jim Davis is Academy Award winning actress but <laughs> I mean you know I'm sure they've swung you know for the same for the same mm. roles and uh, mm-hmm. swung I don't think Gina Davis room. has ever walked into an audition room and seen Renee and been like shit <laughs> I think she's probably just been like oh Hey, <laughs> um, we have got to grab lunch, girl. I'll see you at the Ivy after this, right? Yeah. Also, hey, also, Gina Davis, offer only. She's not auditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I can't see her. I don't see her like shaking in her boots in an audition. I like how we're not giving Renee Russo the. the oh, I'm sure Renee Russo is also offer only, but we were talking about Gina in that moment. No, someone tells me she's probably still having a, to prove her metal in the old in the old audition room with the camcorder set up every now and then like we want to see it on film though look we know you've got it in you we've seen your range okay we know what you're capable of renee okay we all saw thor but what we want more than thor yeah she plays thor's mom Uh, um okay that's right i'm a little bit of a marvel head you know I have the only Marvel movie I've seen. One and a half Marvel movies. I've only seen Black Panther. That's the only one that I've seen. That's Marvel, right? Oh God, yes. is that not Marvel? Okay, no, it's Marvel. It's Marvel. Okay, I got nervous that the the Marvel heads are going to come after me. Look, the Marbs, leave us alone, okay? Um, not to be confused <laughs> with the Barbs. So, I know. So we've got so we've got this world where we've got this man on the loose who nobody knows mm-hmm. who he is. We've got the the kid who doesn't ever really get like properly chastised for what he did. <laughs> and then we've got I mean, he's a kid. Whatever. And- <laughs> You're mine for me in my house? Oh, we're talking about it. I mean, truly, he he was the only person that did something. I mean, he actually here's the thing. You can make the argument that if he hadn't let this gentleman into their home, then their lives wouldn't have been saved. But 
That's not true because they probably would have just made it through the purge without being bothered if he hadn't. One hundred percent. If he hadn't opened the gate to let the person in to lead all of uh, the children of the corny to the house, then it's possible that he would have made it through the entire purge. Then the family would have been fine. The Sandlins wouldn't have been bothered at all. But, you know, they're forever changed for the better. No, some because might say. Henry was still coming at them with a gun anyway. Henry was still coming at them with a gun. But Henry's going to get that lead no matter what. Because James was ready for his ass. <laughs> he had something for him. But he was James, like, you want to get down but, to get down? But to be fair, James was only ready with a gun because he knew that other guy was in his house. Because he heard, no, you're right. You know what, yeah. Jane? That's yeah. a very good point. Because if I know. He, he would have not. His defenses would not have been up. He probably wouldn't have had the gun on him. Yep. And the way he, that like Henry shot him, so, if Henry pulled that gun on him so quickly, that you were absolutely start, right. He didn't start a conversation. He walked no. out of that room, gun blazing and shooting. So he yes. would have been dead either so way. He probably would have gotten him. Yeah, you're. Pro- yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually a very good point. He was mm-hmm. trying to natural born killers. It it seems like. Yeah, um, with without I, Zoe's, uh, you know, consent or. I wonder buy-in. if it's like. I wonder if like on the purge, if it's like the next day, if like officials like go around when they're gathering up all of the bodies. And they're just like, hey, what do they do with all the bodies? Probably just a mass grave, I'd assume. Right. Like a big or a big incineration thing or some sort of like. But these are people. Wouldn't people want to bury their family? And like, you know what I mean? Like, but funerals and burials are expensive. So what happens if somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, yeah, four of your brothers died yesterday. It's like, I can't bury them all. (laughs) Well, then you I think you have to be like, okay, well, let's make a mass grave for my four brothers. Oh God! Or you're like John. Where's John's body? I liked him. I always <laughs> fuck with him. The other three. But the logistics burn, baby, of clean, but the logistics of cleaning up after the purge you have to be a nightmare and so you should expensive. have to pay. You know what? You should have to pay for the funeral as a person who killed the person. That should be the one That's thing. If the, you, but but that would discourage people to purge, and they want people to purge. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because I wonder if, like, would you think the cops go around the next day and, like, hey, like, Gil, we heard you murdered your wife yesterday. And it's like, I did, during the purge. And like, okay, oh, my we'll just, God. There's probably so many spousal murders, there's probably too. That's the time to do it, because they don't put any oh stipulations God. about that. But, like, does the there's insurance no policy. But the insurance policy, except for, except if you're level 10, baby. Yeah, I love your level 10. But, yeah, I guess that's true. And then, you know, if it's me, I'm lying anyway. And I'm like, my husband's, <laughs> a, my husband's the governor. You can't kill me. It's like, I don't know if spouses being covered in that. Yes, like, spouses aren't in. <laughs> I'm grandfathered like, in. I would say that this would get a lot of people into politics, think, let me tell you. Think you think Marla Maples would be trying to grandfather into that? <laughs> my husband was a president. Like, it doesn't I, mean anything, girl. That doesn't mean shit. And I think that you and Tiffany. I think that motherfucker would have been dead the first purge. <laughs> right? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure retired presidents probably are like level 13 or 14, I bet. Yeah, but I still think like if you are at a point where you're allowing murder, there's still going to be a legal murder for That's sure. True. What are you going to do if you can know you can't trace that back to someone because everything was done everything was turned off you know what i mean so it's like yeah you don't know unless then how, the, but the thing about that is i don't understand then how would you be able to enforce any of these rules like unless you were on you the can't. ground you then how can't. would you it's it's uh, it's uh, that 
that's the thing that's fucked up about it. It's on the honors. Yeah, you can't stop somebody from using. But it's on the honor system to stop killing at 7.01 a.m. Cersei still could have taken that gun and shot at those people at her table and been like, oh, I shot them at 6.59. That would have been iconic if she did that. That would have been amazing if she just shot them all and then the bell went off and she'd been like. Got to protect my family. It's like because it's like the thing is, what you came to my house, you were prepared to kill me. If it wasn't for this gentleman who showed up with mm-hmm. the gun, like you would have killed me. My husband is dead, so it's like you would have like you're now going to go back to living across the street from me after you were ready to kill me. This is this is the thing that I always think about is the day after the purge. What do you do? How do you relate to people? And it's How like, you, you didn't get me. And it's like, I can't live next to you anymore. You literally try to end. Also, my if you, if like a family member or loved ones killed, it's like you're looking around at your neighbors always because you're like, was it one of you? Like, right. I mean, you know, you never 100 percent know when you're you know what I mean? If your daughter gets killed and then you're like, it was her ex-husband. But you never know for sure. But then you've got to like give custody of like you got to like share custody of the kid with like the dad like it's just like it's got to be like that part of it must be like just the internal turmoil of like people losing loved ones you don't know who you're gonna lose it's probably mm-hmm. so many like you know that's probably I bet I would imagine it would be like a lot of large family gatherings just for that reason it's like I want my family all together here because then I like know that you're safe and like you know what I mean because you I mean mm-hmm. I mean, and a big part of what they're trying to get at with this movie is like we're this community is like you know these are upper these are upper middle class I'd say upper middle class or upper upper, upper class upper, upper class, upper class sure. you know like wealthy people in a gated community and it's you know what happens when reality of the world is brought to their door by a black stranger who exactly like, who like complicates their milky white existence like it's like that's and what they're on getting the at. other side like this kind of thing is like always directly uh, disproportionately you know affects people of color and you know lower income people as well so it's like they are making both of those points where it's like you can't avoid this kind of thing and because a how could you but b also it's like what would it be like if you were always susceptible to this because you didn't have the cover that you currently have or the fault you you have the false um idea that you're protected because you have this like security system and money but in reality you're it can be breached. You well, know? it takes one complication, basically. And I mean, one complication. And what they really get at, too, is the fact that, like, I mean, the, the house is secure insofar as, like, you know, nobody tries to, like, get in, like, an F 150 and drive it through the side of the home, in which case right. it is breached. Like, this house is breachable, but, like, also, like, no one has, no one has wanted to breach it. Like, so it's like, it's not just about <gasps> the. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, no. You. I'm no. I'm just saying it's like that's a big part of it too. Is like the security system in and of itself is actually just like it's a veneer. It's like it's a facade. It's one hundred. It's a performance of safety, but it is not really safety. As he mentions, when like it seems like when his wife asked, and it seems like for the first time he's had to actually contemplate because these security systems have never had to actually protect them from anything because mm-hmm. the security systems were really just like for show, and he made 
all of this money and the irony that like the security system that like is actually breached first is his own. It's like it never had to be safe and it was never tested against real world circumstances. So like that's also like, I guess the comedy in a way, if you can find comedy within it, it's like, yeah, like you sold all these security systems and you've become a millionaire and none of your security systems have ever actually had to deal with like real world, you know, the test of the, of the real world. And like, actual like danger coming People to your door and threatening them to get into your house can get into it yeah and the thing, i think the thing that like the question i have too is like why the fuck also i mean the way that this these group of purders who are trying to get in the house talk about the the, the bloodied man is really egregious and horrible and they're trying yeah. to, they call him like a swine and useless and yeah, it's don't, every word but the word Everywhere but the word. And he says at one point, um, the the main purger says the door don't make us kill one of our own, meaning we don't want to kill you. We just send that guy out because we want to kill him. Don't make us kill one of our own. But the thing that I do, which is disgusting, but the thing that I do find interesting about all of this is like, why? Like, why are they working so hard for this one guy? Like they could just leave, go find other unprotected people and kill them and have their disgusting fun that they need to have. Why is it this guy? Why are they working so hard and using all the resources for this one guy? The only thing that, cause I thought the exact same thing you did. That was mm-hmm. a thought. The only thing that I remembered that he said that like they didn't harp on for too long. And I think it's a pretty flimsy excuse, but it's like the, thing that they've convinced themselves justifies what they're doing is the Mm -hmm. fact that he killed one of their friends they said while they were attacking him like in protecting himself (laughs) he killed one of their friends and that's one of the things that he says when he's at the door is something to the effect of he killed one of us you know during the during the the um you know the attack and like that can't stand and And talks about his right to purge and it's like why is your right to purge stronger than the this other man's right to purge you know what i mean and the other like himself and another interesting thing about this movie though that's great that's a good point i think the other interesting thing too is that like during like the climax of the movie where i wrote in my notes is ethan Hawke an action star now um (laughs) during the big fight scene where everywhere like ethan Hawke's taking him out left and right yeah you never see anyone's face which i think is sort of like I mean, I think that's a part of it as well, where it's just like, it doesn't matter who they are. It's what they, I mean, it's what they represent. Like, totally. And I think that they all sort of represent a particular kind of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's like, we don't bother doing the work of showing you who they are. Um, and, you know, besides one, there's one shot where Mary gets thrown against a wall and then it's like a completely different person hitting the ground. And I was like, Lena, <laughs> Lena drew those lines real quick. She was like, you want mama doing what? Uh-huh. Try again, baby. Ask, no, ask, no, no. The insur- ask the insurance company if mama can do that. She said, we are farmers, baby. Dun, 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 dun. You better talk to JK because I can tell you what's not going to happen. And it's me. Putting this mug up against that drywall. <laughs> Check the bone structure, boo. <laughs> it shall stay intact. Yeah, she was like, I'm getting those Game of Thrones checks. This is just a quick little, this is just a, a breather hiatus. I've got to be back. i got to be back <laughs> in set. Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> to fuck my Real brother. Soon. 
with a white wig on. So get into it. She doesn't wear that's 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 Darnarit. Her hair is blonde too, Jane. (laughs) But it's more of a yellowy blonde. And she's also given length as well. It's you know she is down to the booty cheeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You know. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I would love to see you grow your hair that long. No way, Jose. My hair would look so scraggly if I grew it that long. I would look like a fucking mess. I know so. If you let me perm it, it wouldn't. No, if I let you perm it, it would look even scragglier. You want me to perm it? No, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to just, I want you to, I want you to be a spectator for my hair journey. I don't want you to be a participant. You don't want I, me, oh, I got a I scenario for you. Imagine what you would get up. You to. don't want me to dye no. your hair with Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you or anybody else to dye my hair with Kool Aid because I'm not twelve. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get my certification. And I'm gonna, your Kool Aid certification. My my cool yeah my cool guy Kool Aid hair dye certification and I'm gonna oh yeah oh yeah what's been Kool Aid doing here um but <laughs> Kool Aid <laughs> Kool Aid did we just lose um, him in the in the diabetes battle I feel like they were maybe like maybe we shouldn't push a mascot for the world's sugariest drink available. I don't know though. I don't know. I've never you had know. Kool-Aid like raw Kool-Aid without like sugar in it. I got to imagine it's a nightmare. I don't think that I have either, but I haven't had a ton of Kool-Aid. I but what a I, wild thing. Kool-Aid. Like yeah. literally just pouring like a packet of flavoring and then half of a bag of sugar into a pitcher <laughs> and just like hand it out to the kids. Like it's we it's insane. we really died. Oh boy. They really just threw us to the wolves, man. I tell you, like they really <laughs> We were all just raised by the fucking streets, man. They just like, there was like, you weren't raised. You didn't drink this shit growing up. Me? No, I didn't. No, I mean, no. I'm like my mom's generation. I'm like, y'all didn't drink this. No, you guys had water. You guys had water. But for some reason, circa the 80s and 90s, everybody just decided. Pumping us full of sugar. We were going to be the fucking litmus test. They were just like, here, eat some of these ho hos. Oh, is this like your mom used to feed you? Oh, no, 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 no. She made my food from scratch. But here, you eat some of these fucking ho hos and you have a glass of this red sugar juice. And then we'll just we'll see how adulthood goes for you. Which, by the way, is going to stay in your mouth and lips for 24 hours. It is at least. wild. We were the way oh, that me and my cousins were drinking that shit. <laughs> Nobody we, stepped in. Not a cousin, not an older cousin, not an aunt. Nobody just to be like, hey, let's pause it with the sugar. <laughs> no, we've all just been adults. So we're just adults digging ourselves, army crawling out of like the trenches of a childhood littered with inappropriate food. Um, but, but, but yeah, enough about that. Um, who are you, my therapist? Um, we are dealing with this family in turmoil after Ethan yeah. Hawke kicks that ass, and we think mm-hmm. maybe our hero is going to be the final girl. Then I hate that he gets killed by the polite stranger. I He's know. so smug. He's so smug, and you want him to be killed instantly. And I, you don't want the pain. Although I actually didn't really care that much that Ethan Hawke died, and here's why. There we go. Because Ethan Hawke's character was so ready 
to give over the bloody yeah. no. guy. To, You're he right. was like he he was taping him down and he was saying, you know, he was telling Cersei to push on his wound so the, that he was the, in pain. The letter cutter. She was he's yeah. like he's like he's like push it into his wound to get him to like to be to, steel. Because he yeah, was like trying to like get and away. He kept, and and obviously the bloody man is literally fighting for his life and so he's squirming and trying to punch and whatever and Ethan Hawke is like whispering to him like trying to like I don't know calm him down he's like I'm just trying to protect my family and it's like okay bitch you're just trying to protect your family but you're literally killing me by doing that so like I'm gonna have something to say about it well it's also like we're all gonna die let's all die together then this is the thing. It was such a waste of time because what they should have done as soon as he got into the house and he said, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want to live through the night. Instead of Ethan Hawke saying what he did say, which was you are going to die tonight. Don't take my family along with you. Die like a man. What he should have said was, "Okay." let's call a truce, agree not to hurt each other and let's put all of our our brains, our little brainies and our fo- and our thought process into figuring out how to make sure that those people do not penetrate this house and yes. defend where we are. Let's work as a team. But yeah. instead, he ties up this man, pushes his wounds, and he doesn't stop until the two women in his family beg him to. And I was like, all right, I'm not that sad to see you killed at the end of all of this. Well, it's also like the fact that those I mean, it it was the belief, too, that those people could really be reasoned with because it's like there's no reason to believe that they're not going to kill you all just because they want to kill you all or because you made them waste their entire purge night where they could have been killing a lot of black people focused on this one. (laughs) Like, so it's very I mean, it doesn't matter after the purge is over. Something tells me that the deaths of black people is still going to be under rug swept as far as. Uh, the law is concerned, but absolutely. But like, it was like the be- you the belief that they're actually going to do right by you is like kind of like funny to me too because it's like there's no reason to believe that these people could still there's kill no you and pillage your home. To, there's no reason to believe that whatsoever. And so they're like, not. You need to defend instead of just yeah. Give it would have been a, way more yeah a better use of time to try and figure it out. So you are right in that sense that it's like. I mean, and in the end, he ends up being the one who saves this entire family. So it's like, yes, the bloody man who just was in there for shelter ends up saving the entire fucking family for or although, besides. I mean, besides, besides from. Hawk. Yeah, but it's also interesting, too, because that scene where Ethan Hawke is like Ethan Hawke is fighting 15 people. Where's everybody mm-hmm. at? Don't know. I do not like, know. Not a family member Hiding. to be found. I'm peeking <laughs> behind a counter, like, oh. <laughs> oh no, it looks like he's got a handle though. <laughs> Dad's got it under control. He's such a rock star. Um, because it is. It's just like I mean, Who the knew he had these skills. It's crazy to Whoa, find out. Anyway, I was shout if you need anything. Dad's been <laughs> like, that parkour training to work. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, it is. A, it's a it's a wild ride. It's a wild um, ride. It's 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 wild. And I, the thing that I like about it, and I will say, as we're wrapping this up, the um, the purge movies that follow this sort of continue on with the conversation that you and I are having. So oh, you nice. get you get more of an understanding of like, or just more of like a different look into how a different 
people handle the purge and this is a series that i actually really enjoy watching and i think the first movie where you set up the world is not quite as compelling as the ones that follow just because they're you already know the world yeah the rules have already been yeah so there's there's a little more going on and you don't know like completely when you're setting up a world like this what's to come either you know when you're making exactly uh, low budget, you know, horror, you know, film, so to speak. You don't know what's to come always. So, right, right. But I, I will say, um, it's an interesting series, and it's something that I feel like I don't know. The conversation around what people, different people, would do is always interesting because, and this is a fucked up thing to say, but like it doesn't feel that far off from like what we could become because the last two years have been mind blowing in terms of political decisions being made that I wouldn't be, I would, I I don't think I would be that surprised if some asshole brought this, you know, to the table. That's like, um, it reminds me of this book by Jose Sarmaggio called blindness. That's Mm. like kind of, it's about a a world and it turned into a movie. Actually, I had to, I read the book in, in school, but it was, it's about, uh, a milky white blindness that once you like make eye contact with a person who's who's been faced with the blindness mm. um, who, who's been infected by it it can be like they're gonna go blind within 24 hours but you made eye contact with them before it overtook them and then you got it and now it's just blindness mm. sort of passing through but it's about like uh sort of once the world begins to go blind and these people are then sort of like taken to these um they're quarantined in these uh you know they 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 repurpose these abandoned buildings and they place them all in there and one of the characters is the wife of a doctor an optometrist who goes blind and she goes with him because she's like well if he went blind i'm probably going to go blind within the next 24 hours anyway so when they come to take mm-hmm. him away she says that she's also blind but she never actually goes blind for some reason and she's in this like Interesting. she's in these facilities and so she's observing this world of like depravity that everybody's like falling into after they all go blind and she's like the only person who can like see what's going on and it's like people just are they you know we're animals people just go back to their base sort of like animal desires and it's really like it's just like it's interesting because I feel like you know people being sort of loosed on the world and having rules stripped away from them of like civility the Mm -hmm. rules of like you know what it means to be a respectable member of society it opens up the door to like you know to to that that like just you don't know how you react until yeah. you're in that moment you'd yeah. like to th- you'd like to think that about yourself that you yeah. would be you know the most moral and like measured person with every decision you make but like you never fucking know you never know you know so i guess after talking all this out with you um my question, I have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind me asking. Here we go. Fucking fan. <laughs> what are they? Um, do you think you would watch this movie again? Yeah, I'd watch this movie again. It was a it, it was a quick paced movie, but it was like, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. It was it was action packed. It had a lot going on. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there's probably some stuff that I missed that I'm sure if I watched it a couple more times, I'd be picking up on other like little things as well. So, yeah, I'd watch it again. Ethan, I mean, it, the stars were two, you know, formidable actors. Ethan Hawke does mm-hmm. a good job and Lena Hetty totally. does a good job, too. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Kids were good too. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it's I, I I mean I haven't watched it in a while, but it was nice to go back. Um, and then my second question for you, which I think you might know is coming. I think I think it's a new one, but I'd love to hear. What movie? If Girl. any, because I don't know what you've done. I don't know if you've done the work. But what movie, if any, are you assigning to us next week? Okay, this has been so <sighs> difficult for me because <sighs> I have been like I've been really I I was very excited about I I think I'm maybe the most excited about like Halloween movies for the oh, podcast. Interesting. Okay, I don't interesting. I don't know what that is, but I but I'm uniquely like excited about like horror films, and so like okay. I have been all over the place mm. in how we should end. You know, also keeping in mind that like we can add in horror whenever we want to add in horror. We don't 100%. have to do it, it which I think I forget sometimes. Of course. Yeah. Um, all right. You're excited. I have a movie for you. This mm-hmm. is a horror, but I'm going to I'm going to take it back, back, back again. And okay. I'm going to have you watch the 1962 classic. That is <gasps> whatever happened to baby Jane. Okay, this I'm really excited about, actually, because I've never seen this movie. I know it's creepy as hell. I know we have Betty Davis. I know we have Joan Crawford. I know that feud was based on like this making of this movie. This is going to be great. I can't wait to see it. All right. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you guys for sticking around and listening to us talk about The Purge. We had a great time. We love you. We think you guys are all really fucking sexy, honestly. Like, I've never seen, like, a full group of people who are so goddamn sexy. And if you want to continue to sext with us during the Mm -hmm. week before, in between episodes... You can absolutely send us anything you want into our DMs um, on Instagram or Facebook at Movies We Missed and on our Twitter at MWM Chat. I don't love the doors you're opening with this. Hey, hey. You you said you can send us anything you want. (laughs) And there are some things I just, I don't want to receive via DM, okay? And I'm feeling like Jane left that wide open and she knew what she did. She's a closet freak. Y'all gotta watch her. No, but for real, please don't send us send us only nice things. Jane's fine with it. If we got if we got if we got a dick pic and our Jane would be like, oh my god, look what we got. I would actually be really excited about it. But horrible, it's horrible. Don't send unsolicited dick pics. It's it's, you just solicited. It's (laughs) that's true. Okay, you're right. I solicited. I'll look at your dick pics. Whatever. Anyways, this has devolved and we need to end the episode now. We love you guys. Please continue to reach out to us on our social media and send whatever you feel you want to send. Whatever makes you feel good about you. Whatever makes you feel good about you. We will see you next week with the horror classic continuing on with our spooky season. Whatever happened to baby Jane and we love you. Goodbye until next week. Bye. It sounded like I said boo boo. It did. I thought about it. And I was going for boo like Halloween. I know, but we were all thinking about poop. Mm -hmm.